And we're back. Stripe Show Podcast. It's a Monday. And look at that face next to me. That's right. It's Monday, not a Tuesday. Because yeah. usually when that when that face is next to me, it's Cash Out with the Coaches, which is our weekly show that we do with Sports Pub Media, which has been a lot of fun. But uh, you know what? I was going to have him back on the podcast because when we first met, Coach, yeah, I had you on the podcast last year after you did PGA Tour Live and we got to talk and we were like, you know what? I think we need to do a show together. And that's when Cash Out was born. Welcome back, my friend. How you doing? It's great to be back. It's hard to believe that that this show and this interview kind of started what has become a big part of our lives, both of our lives. And sports has yeah. been amazing. And doing the all the golf betting stuff has been has been awesome. But I also like the fact that you run a couple of other shows that you can have broad uh, discussions and get into all kinds of different things golf related and not just the betting side of it because you know you and I are golf freaks and we like we like everything about the sport of golf so it's great to be back yeah you know it's it's funny I fight this a little bit in the media and have been for years because my trade is teaching coaching that's what I've done for 21 years and I did a lot of heavy lifting instructional pieces for you know the golf channel PGA tour golf digest and I love it but I've been trying to like, you know, spread my wings more because I like all things golf. And it's hard mm-hmm. to get sometimes people to look at you like, oh, yeah, you are actually more of just a, a, a golf personality that can do all things. Host a show, co-host with you, be a guest and talk all things golf. So that's what I love about the digital side and where everything's going. And it's allowed me to grow Travis Fulton Golf and, and kind of, you know, spread my wings, show some of my other skill sets. And, um, and that's kind of what's happened here with this pod and cash out with the coaches and this gambling thing, coach, it's kind of taken off, isn't it? I mean, golf is, is just going crazy right now with, uh, with some betting, isn't it? There, there is nothing worse than being uh, put in a box or pigeonholed when you're in a sport and you want to do more within that sport and you deserve to. I ran into the same thing at ESPN when I came from the world of wrestling. They're like, what are you doing here? But now in the world of golf, what, what we've seen, you mentioned digital, you mentioned golf betting, you mentioned all these different things that have exploded really the last 18 months. And when you look at different networks and you look at the PGA Tour uh, and, and how they're embracing it, if you're not embracing it, Trav, then you're getting left behind. You're standing on the side of the road. Because that's the future. And we saw last week when I was doing PGA Tour Live at the Waste Management that NBC, for the first time, had a separate betting feed. So they had two or three hours of of golf betting talk within the tournament. And that's what I've been pushing now that I'm at CBS. I've been pushing it really hard for us to start it there. Because I think you can not only are you, you, you're not taking away the audience that's watching on the network. You're bringing in more of an audience that now says, oh, I can bet on it. And I can watch a couple of guys talk about my bets and talk about Hendrick Norlander or talk about Nate yeah. Lashley and why the four putt <laughs> cost people a 150 to one ticket on Sunday. That's mm-hmm. what people want to see on the broadcast. But yet Nance can't do that. Uh, you know, Dan Hicks can't do that. But that's where we're going. And for somebody like you to embrace it and show how many different skill sets you have and not just from the teaching side is a testament to what you're doing. But also, it's a testament to how the world is changing and how people who listen and watch this podcast need to understand: if you're in this business, you got to evolve and you got to change because the world is changing. Yeah, you know, we just gotten started with Cash Out with the Coaches Sports Pub, just scratching the surface, and their numbers are continuing to grow. And it's a fun show. And and you know, we did the show last week, of course, there at Pebble Beach, AT and T. Um, Daniel Berger gets the win, and you owe me an apology, actually, from that show. And I'm going to remind you 
what you need to apologize to me before. You were making fun of me on the show that Paul Casey was going to have jet lag. And I said, um, coach, Paul Casey is rides in first class. I'm in Delta <laughs> comfort. And well, you know, anyway, so All right, well, Paul Casey, he, he was, he showed no jet lag, my okay. friend. So I'll wait for my apology. Okay. Well, first of all, I, I I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> Second of all, here's why I'm not going to apologize. The one thing I've learned from, I did a lot of research before I went headfirst into this world of sports betting and golf betting. And I talked to a lot of pro gamblers and they said, the one thing you cannot do when you're making a pick or you're making an opinion, you can't go halfway. You can't say, I think Paul Casey yeah. is going to have jet lag. It's got to be Paul Casey is going to have jet lag. <laughs> and, and, and so then if you're right, you can go back to the video and say, see, I said that. But if you go back to a video that says, you know what, Paul might have two stops and that's going to cause him to not – you can't do that. You've got to be no. all in. So uh, yeah. I know what I said, and I was wrong. But to apologize to you is not going to happen. Well, let's see what else you were wrong about on that show as I play. <laughs> we, actually, we actually had some good week. We actually had a good week. Our yeah. heads were strong. You had a top 20 in there with Strillman. Um, Sam Burns didn't come through for us, but he's, he's a player that we've been all over, and he's got huge upside uh, to this year. You know, yeah. when I watch that tournament, okay, when I watch that tournament, we, we make fun of a little bit and kind of joke around with Finau. We love Finau. Um, we love Xander, but look, Finau more than Xander can't put a tournament away. Xander's starting to go down that path where he's having some trouble on Sunday putting tournaments away. Um, here comes Daniel Berger now, just the opposite, right? He steps up on 18 and he puts you away on the 72nd hole with an eagle, considering the fact that he hit it out of bounds the day before mm -hmm. and made a double bogey. So it's hard to put tournaments away, but in my mind, when someone does in such impressive fashion and, and comes up there after hitting it out of bounds the day before and makes eagle, I'm not sure there's anything more impressive than that when the chips are down and you hit the big shots to put them away. What do you think? I think that you are spot on, and he's had a history. Anybody that really follows the game of golf, he's as arrogant and as confident as you're ever going to find in a golf forever. You know, the famous story. Somebody reposted it just yesterday about when he was 13 years old. He went out and played with a, a, a pro and shot sub-70 at 13 years of age. You know, we, we know those stories. But to be able to stand there when there's water on the left and your natural ball flight is to go right, which is what he did, as you said, on Saturday, to pipe one right underneath the tree and then to hit a three-wood that he said probably one of the best three-woods I've ever hit. And then he said mm -hmm. it's absolutely – was the best putt that he had ever hit. I permanently, because in my own personal picks, my own personal bets, I had Cantley finish second, Spieth yep. third. third. I had them in head-to-head -to -head, head -to -head matchups with Berger. So I had the right guys who finished second and third, and yet I still lose both of those bets. And so Berger's on my personal, on my now he's just going to be my bet list. He's not my fade list. He's my bet list because he's yeah. on a streak of like, what, 26 straight rounds of par yeah. or better. And even at the waste management, a bad round was even par. So this dude right now is playing at the top of his game. Two wins since the return from COVID. Won that first event in a playoff over Colin Morikawa. Then yesterday was incredibly impressive when you have all these names chasing you. So uh, I was incredibly impressed with the shots that he pulled off under fire 
with the red lights on, knowing he had to get the job done. It was incredible. Yeah, and I think you have to put some light on his coach, Cameron McCormick, as well, who, look, has taken a fair amount of criticism over the last couple of years with the play of Jordan Spieth and people encouraging, including myself, and it has nothing to do with the name or the person. It was just, look, I thought Jordan needed to go out and seek another piece of advice. You know, I mean, for whatever reason, things weren't working. And, and that can land the wrong way sometimes. But it doesn't mean Cameron McCormick can't coach. He's one of the premier coaches in the game. Obviously, the run he had with Jordan and the job that he's done with Daniel Berger, it's noted here in the last couple of years. I think he's become a, a very well-rounded player. I think you can see the needle has moved. He almost, and he looks like he looks very confident to me very confident yes on a sunday like he just has that aura about him like i am going to win this golf tournament i expect to win i don't care who i'm playing with like i'm the guy and you can just see the the growth both the way he plays the game and just really just standing there looking at the guy am i am i crazy well no you're not because he had four eagles this tournament and most yeah. players don't have four eagles in a six-month period you know, and and it's it's hard when you're playing a course where the eagles are clear. Here's where you're supposed to get eagles, and then you go out and you do that. Now with Cameron McCormick, and this is always a, a tough uh, discussion for me or a tough topic for me because I'm not in the teaching world like you are. But I know that when you had a superstar, and and Cameron for a long time it was just him and Jordan Spieth. But we also understand, and you know this way better than I do, that. Even if you're coaching a big-time PGA Tour star, it's not like you're making millions of dollars off that one player. But yet that one player, like Tiger had years ago, feels like you need to be just his guy when you're that big of a star. So it's a it's a double-edged sword that he wants to make his money. He wants to capitalize, probably worked his ass off in his entire career, finally hits a superstar like Jordan, and now he wants to capitalize. And you wonder if behind the scenes that Jordan was like, wait a second, I'm the one that needs help here. Why are you taking on other guys? Or why are you starting uh, other uh, teaching things like what Hank Haney did and made millions yeah. of dollars off starting it? So to me, I I think Cameron McCormick should be able to coach multiple players. I also think that yeah. Jordan, after, to me, eight to ten years doing anything, you need to see some other eyeballs, whether it's a job or whatever it is. So they've worked together long enough. And seeing a, a fresh approach, I think, uh, can't hurt anybody. And for Berger to go to him, it was a fresh approach for him. And that's what's different yeah. between him and him and him and, and Jordan Spieth. So it's certainly it's a good marriage so far. Well, you know, and Daniel worked with a guy by the name of Jeff Leishman for many, many years. And Jeff's a very good coach. He'll actually be on my podcast next week. Cool. Um, and Jeff works with uh, a lot of collegiate players. I mean, he's he's a fantastic coach. So it's like this bouncing around. I've said it many, many times, and I have the top coaches on the pod. It's just part of the business, you know, and for me in the media side in kind of having those platforms, you know, it's kind of my job to just kind of how do I feel about it when a player I feel like maybe needs to get a second opinion or on the flip side is really accelerating um, from this current change in coach as, you know, Berger is with Cameron McCormick. So kudos to them. And uh, it's going to be interesting now. You know, Daniel, you know, he's uh, – He's one of those players now that kind of has no weaknesses in the game. He's like a Xander. He's like a Cantlay. And he just looks like he's comfortable on a Sunday. And I, geez, you know, Reed on a Sunday late, sign me up. Mm -hmm. um, Berger's not there yet. He's got four wins. Patrick certainly had the bigger resume, but 
kind of feels like he's going down that path. And I'm telling you right now, if I had to pick between Xander and, and, uh, and Berger, right. On a, on a Sunday, on a Sunday who might take no question. There's, there's, no, there's no question. I said it in Phoenix. I said, this is big game hunter time when we headed into Sunday. And what I meant by that was a big name was going to win that golf tournament. And I was right. I didn't know it was going to be Brooks, but I was right. And for some yeah. reason, now that I watch every tournament so closely and I watch almost every single minute that I can, and you're starting to see these guys with the wins and the, the, the veteran uh, time put in, that on Sunday they felt it. They've been there. They understand. And look at what we saw yesterday. Nate Lashley coming down to the end, and then he blows up on 16. You had guys <laughs> like Tom Hoagie. Who, I mean, obviously hitting in a tree and losing, it sucks. But he stumbled yeah. down the stretch. So it, it's, it's the type of game that until you're in the heat of the fire, which then goes back to what you just said about Xander, why are they not being able to finish? Why did Jordan Spieth, he was the first golfer in eight years, Trav, that held the 54-hole lead or a portion of it two weeks in a row and didn't close the deal. So there is something inside of these certain guys like the Burgers and the Brookses and the DJs that when they get a chance to close it out, they close it out. And I don't know what that gene is, but right now Xander is lacking in it and Spieth is lacking in it. But at least they're putting themselves in those situations, and that's awesome leading into a, a big year of majors. Well, I'll, I'll defend Spieth a little bit. He's built. He's putting the pieces back together. In his prime, he was incredible. Um, I think no he doubt. Only 54 hole lead. I think he finished second twice and put the rest of them away. Um, it was a big number too. So he he has been a closer, but he's putting the pieces back together. I mean, this is almost like he's. I don't want to say relearning how to. But it kind of seems that way, right? Moment. Yeah, but it is. I, mean, I think it is. I think he's kind of, you know, more relearning it than he is, you know, hey, I've been there before and done it like he's kind of has to prove to himself that he can do it again. Let me ask you this real quick. Yep. New York Post. It says Jordan Spieth chokes at Pebble. Oh, my God. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the thing. The New York, and then the, Golf Week says. Go ahead. No, no. What, what did Golf Week say? I was going to say Golf Week says Jordan Spieth takes another big step forward despite not winning at AT&T Pebble. Which one? Which one's more accurate, or where do you fall? The 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 second one. I love journalists that don't know anything about sports <laughs> or anything about golf. Now does now I will say this: it feels like when Jordan's the last two weeks is just trying to be you know playing hang on. It does, but his two shot yeah. lead was gone like that yesterday because Berger started right. off great. But to say he choked when he still finished top five. And Berger went out and shot a 65, a seven under par. To say that he choked and gave it away, you don't know anything about golf. Now, could right. he have played better? Of course he could have played better. But somebody else went out there and played better than him. And that's why I hate these headlines when they're not even accurate. People are looking for clicks. It drives me insane. But as long as newspapers still exist, you're going to get these, especially the only ones left, Trevor, the big ones, like Washington Post, the New York Post. So, it, But it drives me crazy because – Yes, he played not so well on Sunday, but he put himself in position. It certainly was not a choke job. No, it wasn't. And I think you have to – I'm more optimistic with Spieth after this event than I was waste management. And, and I'll tell you why. Waste management, um, you know, he was great in the approach game, made a lot of putts. You know, he really won there. He still lost just under four strokes gain off the tee at waste management. So it's like, okay, he did hit some foul balls for sure. Um 
at AT&T and there's some room. It, it shows you in Pebble, there's some room to miss it. And it's, and it shows you how, why Phil's been so successful there. Right. Because the two are yes. like the same player. Yes. And, but you know, strokes ain't off the tee at AT&T. He was in the positive 0.4 approach 0.4 positive. He was only 0.2 positive in putting. So when Spieth is finishing fourth and he's not killing you with the putter to me, okay, some things are coming along. This is a positive step for Spieth. He's got to be, ecstatic about being in the hunt the mm-hmm. last two weeks. I mean, he's just got to feel like I missed this so much. He'll figure it out again. The guy's a genius and it's a matter of time before he plops one of these and he's going to win it as long as he keeps putting himself um, in that, in that situation. It is amazing though, coach, isn't it? When you watch a player like a Spieth and a Mickelson who are, I mean, genius at the game. These are hall of fame players. They can't find it off the tee. Do you just scratch your head and like, oh. what the hell is going on? These guys are the best in the world. I it, it it absolutely blows my mind. And I tweeted out over the weekend. I said that Phil Mickelson has to real. I, I don't know how he, the last five years he hasn't driven himself crazy by his lack of driving. And I said, mm-hmm. and, and so many people gave a positive response to him being in the booth at the PGA Championship and how good he was. And I think he'd be a phenomenal uh, oh. analyst sitting next to Jim Nance. Phenomenal. Yeah. Oh. And oh, I said, sure. he, has, he has to really look at himself and say, am I even being competitive anymore? Because on a lot of these courses where they're shifting how they're putting them together, you can't spray it on a lot of courses like he's doing. And you saw him on, on Friday. It was atrocious how bad he was playing. And he was featured on PGA Tour Live. I've told you, he hates PGA Tour Live. He hates being on PGA Tour Live. But now I think it's for a different reason. Because now people are actually seeing every single shot that he makes is going left, is going right, and he's shooting a plus five or a plus six. Nobody wants to be on PGA Tour Live for every shot if that's the case. (laughs) They just don't. And Jordan, to me, looks way more in control of his driver than Phil does. But I think we're going to see Phil really, if, if this continues, I think by the middle of the summer, you could really start to hear rumblings of CBS in talks with Phil to do something for them. I really believe that. I do. Really? I That's do. Interesting. Well, I mean, you would know more than I, I just feel like he'll play the champions tour more, you know, maybe he'll. Oh no, absolutely. He, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But he's not gonna play a full schedule. So he can yeah. play the weeks that CBS doesn't have tournaments. And again, I don't know the contract status of Nick Faldo either, but right now, obviously I work for CBS, but, but if I was looking at it and what I believe the coverage should be, Phil is right up that alley for what I believe how the coverage should change. Yeah. You know, it's, those, those are some really interesting points to think about. You know, I, I look at Phil kind of like Davis love when he made the jump and he was out there following him around. I'm like, what's he doing? Like just feels weird. Davis love the third out there walking around with these players. Like he should be playing more, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that kind of laid out. I just feel like it's a little premature with Phil. I feel like we're like two or three years away. Like he's, He's going to regroup here. He's got to do something different. This this hitting bombs campaign, and it's not working. I mean, it's not working. Sure, you're hitting it longer, but you can't find it, you know, and, and he's lost his confidence. Clearly, his stats are atrocious, um, missing cuts left and right. When he does make the cut, he's not competitive. He hasn't been competitive no. since August at, at St. Jude. So, you know, it just feels premature. He'll definitely play more Champions Tour, but I – Phil's a smart guy. I think he's going to regroup here. And like he needs to alter the plan here to some degree because this hitting bombs, it's not working. I mean, it's it's not, it's not working. It's just, 
Well, and you, saw, you, you saw what happened on his first event on the Champions Tour. It was a much shorter course. I, I, I agree with you. I think he will play more on the Champions Tour. What I was alluding yeah. to was the PGA Tour. because and, yeah. and, and, and I do think you're right. I think that he'll stay out there too long because that's Phil yeah. and, and that he can still hit it long enough to play with these guys, but he's not hitting it right. well enough to play with these guys. These guys are really, really good now, and you're going 100 deep that could win every single week. And so that's why you're seeing all these missed cuts. And I just wonder how long the ego will allow him to continue back out there because it's not like he's Jordan Spieth and he's in his 20s and he has to regroup. He's in his 50s, has another tour he can play on, and also another job he can go to. And that's the yeah. difference between Jordan having three and a half years, finding it, and, and Phil and how long he's going to take. 1-800-CALL-BUTCH. Jordan did it. Help. <laughs> it helped, no doubt. A little consultation. Um, certainly, since that time, I don't know what happened, but since that time, I mean, things have gotten a little bit better. Um, yeah. And Phil worked with Butch for many years, and I, I think um, I think Butch would probably take that call from Phil too, and and say, yeah. "Hey, let's let's see if we can get some things back on track." So Spieth is back. I think he's back. I mean, he's mm-hmm. the driver's just going to continue to get better. He's in a good mindset. I mean. I love his quote. I'm cruising around with my B game and look at what I'm finishing. I, mean, I think that's perfect <laughs> because that is the truth. You put the A game off the tee, that dude's going to win again, guaranteed. He's that good getting the ball uh, in the hole. He's plus 2,000 right now to win the Masters. You in? Uh, two weeks ago, he was 45 to 1. And then, <laughs> then waste management happened. And yeah. I actually had – this is a true story, Trav. Uh, this guy, he, he hit me up on LinkedIn – and he has one of those businesses where he puts all the, the algorithms together and, and sends them out yep. for sports betters. And I said, my sports book that I use didn't have the masters up yet. And he goes, they're 45 to one. He goes, I'm putting 50 bucks down for you. My treat. Cool. Cool. Doesn't cost me anything. And I can <laughs> win a grand or two grand. I'll take it. So this guy, 45 50 to bucks, one. yeah, 45 to one. And then waste management happened that came down and then yesterday happened. So what you're looking at, is the uh, the last two weeks in Vegas saying, whoa, wait a second, this dude's found his yep. game. we got to bring those way down. Because we know at Augusta National, when he's got his game, he's probably better than anybody else. He has, I mean, his first three years there were yeah. as historically great as they could be. And if he's got his game back, watch out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not ready to put him ahead of DJ quite yet, but, you know, or a, uh, yeah, DJ's DJ's my guy. I mean, he's clearly the number one A game. Of course, of course. I'm saying I when think, he's at you know, the top you, of his game. Remember, yeah, he he, yeah. he shot he shot scores that were better than what DJ shot. Yeah, it's true. So it's we'll true. See, I mean, Tiger's we'll forty. Yeah, Tiger's forty. I mean, I, I, I got I can't I can't put anything on that because <laughs> it, because I've been so critical. How can I? How can I? I'd be a hypocrite. I said Tiger needs to play more. Or he's not going to be competitive, and then it would just be a heart bet. And if you do a bunch of heart bets you're going to end up losing all your money. Yeah. And unless he comes back two or three weeks prior, or, you know, I can see him making that, you know, that triumphant return. He drives down Magnolia Lane. We haven't seen him for five months. Last time we saw him was with Charlie at the father-son. And you think he's going to walk on <laughs> to Augusta National and compete with DJ and Spieth and JT? No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. How about this? Genesis Invitational. Dustin. Xander, Rom, JT, Berger, DeChambeau, Cantley, Finau, Joaquin's back, Colin Scheffler. I mean, 
we have got ourselves a field at Riviera. <sighs> to my backyard for the WGC yeah. and then a week at Arnie's and then they come up to Ponte Vedra here and we play at the players. We're going to have some good fields here coming up. Golf is rolling. I'm excited. Uh, we picked it up a little bit on cash out. If you watched it, we had some winning tickets and we'll, we'll plan on keeping it going, but any, any early leans here with, uh, with Riv? Well, I, I, it's, I love this tournament. It's only about an hour from where I yeah. live and, uh, in, on in, any other year I'd be there. Um, but when you look at these big names and you look at how they played and how DJ played in Saudi Arabia and, and what, the way uh, Bryson's game is right now, I think we're going to see it's, it's going to be another big game hunter type of weekend because this is, this is an old traditional style course, tree line. And if you're not driving the ball well, you've got no shot to compete at Riviera. You cannot get behind trees and, and compete yeah. here. So for me, I think it was smart for DJ to take last week off. Even though he won, he didn't play that well in Saudi Arabia, to be honest with you. And now, uh, no, he made nothing. I've never seen him putt worse in my life. He was missing two footers. They weren't even hitting a hole. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, he could have won that thing by 12 shots. So I, I think you're going to see JT play well. I think you're going to see DJ play well, Bryson play well. I think you're going to see Tony Fina. He's been driving the ball great. I would go after big mm -hmm. names that are driving the ball well if you're handicapping at home. But if somebody doesn't have good driving stats, you need to stay away. They're going to get yeah. buried on this course. Buried on this well, course. Adam Scott won it last year, um, mm -hmm. 11 under. Kuchar Great driver. finished second. Matt Kuchar finished second. I don't think we've heard Kuchar's name since. Shoot, I don't know um, if he's had a top 10 in the last six there. months. I mean, it's been, it's been a minute. McElroy fifth. There's your boy Matsuyama fifth. You'll be all over him tomorrow, I'm sure. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, you love him. <laughs> Absolutely love Hideki. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Coach. You've done, you've done a lot of different things. Um, yeah. Pro wrestling, ESPN. Uh, I I watched you on um, on Sports Center, and then you did. You had like one of the first pods too, I think, for for ESPN, where I followed you um, when you were doing all that as well. Now you're doing a lot of golf. Yep. Doing a great job with Early Edge and PJ Tour Live, the show that we do, Cash Out with the Coaches. Give me give me a little heart-to-heart -heart talk here, your thoughts as you've ventured into golf and what you see and 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 maybe like what you would like to see more as uh, as someone coming into the game and, and doing a great job with the media. Well, thank you, first of all. I left ESPN because I wanted my last – You know, I felt like I was halfway through my career. I'm in my mid-40s. I feel like I have another 25 or 30 years to go. And I didn't want to stay in a situation where you know, I, had, I felt like I'd done all that they would allow me to do. Right. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be – so I actually sent a letter to the PGA Tour just like cold calling them, saying here's what I would fix, like 10 things. I swear to God I did this. That's how I started my relationship with the PGA Tour. Then they invited me out to an event. They said, how about we do a couple? And I've been very bullish. And there are times when those at the PGA Tour don't like taking my phone call or don't like opening up an email. But I believe this to be true, that if we want to grow the game of golf, and next year, for people who don't know, they're going to expand PGA Tour Live. They're going to have like three or four feeds every single tournament. You're going to see four, five, six uh, featured groups. You're going to see the Champions Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour. So golf's getting ready to truly explode. And I knew that was coming down the pike, so that's why I left when I did. But now they really have to start changing how we cover the game. And what I mean by that is this. You have to be more entertaining. 
Uh, the players need to understand. If you want these big off-the-course off deals, you've got to be more entertaining. You've got to be a player that people talk about. Whether people want to admit it or not, Bryson and Patrick Reed are great for the game because people outside of the game are talking about them. That's how you grow the game, not within the fan base, but you go outside of the fan base. And then I'm very bullish on this, that there either needs to be a separate feed or announcers on the network broadcast that know what golf betting is. It's a big mm -hmm. part of how you grow the game because no matter what the sport is, Trav, if you're betting on it, you're watching it. I don't care if it's cornhole. I don't care if it's hot, you know, hopscotch. If people are betting on it, they're watching it. And so yeah. the executives at the networks need to look at it. And I believe they are looking at it. It's just the one sport, and I know this frustrates you too, it's the one sport where it takes forever to make a decision to make a change because it's, it's so risky. I hate that term, risky. It's not risky. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to try to grow the game. The thing I love about Augusta National the most is every year they're trying to make something better. Whatever. Mm -hmm. it, it could be the smallest thing. And I, I work with the PGA of America. I have beat my head against the wall so many times in the last nine months because they don't make changes fast enough. They have meetings to have a meeting to have a meeting. And you're going to see them make announcements ever so slowly. And in, in today's society, you make a decision. And if it doesn't work, guess what? Nobody remembers that you tried it because there's, there's so much stuff going on in their own lives. But guess what? If you hit something big and it works, now you've opened up a can of worms that's awesome. And that's what golf needs to do. Embrace the betting. Embrace the entertainment value. And put announcers on the network broadcast that are entertaining. They don't have to be former players. They don't. Right. They have to be entertaining and understand the game. And that's the difference. That's what I want to see. Yeah, well, it's, we're, we're moving that direction. And, and I think yeah. there's definitely been some movement. There's been some progress. Sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there's there's more to be had for sure, right? And the entertainment value of, of what we're watching on TV, what we're watching on PGA Tour Live, what no doubt. Uh, all those things are going to look like um, for years to come because there's certainly growth there. I think the digital world is fascinating in being able to do these things and have an audience like uh, like we do that's growing. Um, mm -hmm. in talking all things and having that gambling piece uh, be a part of it. So it's, it's, it's an interesting landscape right now, and uh, it's fun to be a part of it because more states are coming on. You know, when yeah. you look at DraftKings Sportsbook, there's more states coming on this year. There's going to be more states coming on next year. You're going to be doing fantasy golf in your state. You're going to be able to bet a win ticket. Uh, in your state, you're going to be able to do all these things more and more across the country. And every state that they add is just another check. And I think it's going to grow the audience. So it's going to do wonders uh, for the game of golf. So it, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. to be fun to watch for sure. Th think about but, this real um, quick. Think about this real quick. Yeah. You're going to be able to go onto a golf course and buy a ticket, just like at a basketball game or a football game and cash it on your way out of the gate. That's what's going to happen in the next five to 10 years. How awesome is that going to be? Imagine if you if you buy a ticket on a guy who's coming down the stretch and you got him at, at 12 to 1 or 15 to 1 and he's playing 18 you're like you don't think you're going to be going nuts for him that's what's coming that's the that's the beauty of it Yeah you know and when you start betting these head to heads and top 20s and the way that you cover the sport is going to be very different because yes. you know if I bet a head to head I want to watch those guys play I want to watch my guys on the cut line on Friday to see who makes it and who doesn't so it's, it changes the whole dynamic of what people really want to watch. Just like fantasy football, when it started, you had people come into the sport to watch their, their 
players, right? So you could watch yeah. all of the games, not just the one game. And that's going to be the challenge, I think, for players. I, I, I was last week, I can't I remember who I had, but I told him on cash out with the coaches, my memory's horrible. But um, I was, I was up, what was I? I was up one. I had two guys going head to head, right? They weren't even in, they weren't even in the race for the tournament and they were finishing up early on a Sunday. And I was up, no, I was up two and my guy made double. It's my the worst. My guy made it's... double to push the bet. And they're both like T60. And I am beside myself. My wife's looking at me like, what is your problem? I'm like, so-and-so just made a double bogey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 10 a.m. It's like 10 08. She's like, what? What? Dude, dude, on yesterday's show, on Sunday's show, I gave out yeah. Streel- Streelman over Homa on, on the early edge. It just happened to be. He was five under. Homa was three under. And on 16, he's middle of the fairway. He flies the green, double bogeys. Then on 18, misses a four-footer. And Max Homa yeah. birdies to win by one. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are <laughs> you kidding me? But that's the beauty of it, which is why it's the number two sport at all sports books for betting because there's so many different ways to do it. It's crazy. There is. And it's crazy. In the in-game betting, the – being able to change and bet or being able to bet as it continues to flow yeah. each and every day is going to be, is going to be huge. What an industry. Uh, I think we're just uh, scratching the surface of it. Coach, you're doing a great job. I love our show on Tuesday. Love we'll it. be back with our full picks cash out with the coaches presented by sports pub. Thank you for joining me on the stripe show podcast. And I'll see you tomorrow. My pleasure. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast.